Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rouse Review. I'm your city manager, Dan Hoffman. With me is Amy Simmons, communications director. Hello, Amy. Hello, Dan. It was a beautiful weekend. <laughs> Did you do anything special? Worked in the backyard. Went to Oktoberfest. Yes, it's yes, back. It's back. Uh, tons of fun. So, hope everybody enjoyed the weekend. Maybe spent some time in the walking mall. Uh, I'm looking forward to fall. Starting to feel a little more brisk outside. Yeah, it's been so, not too hot this week or uh, last week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, okay, we've got a um, pretty meaty conversation ahead of us mm. regarding housing and affordable housing uh, with Sean Hirschberger, our development service development services director. Um, so let's get right into uh, let's get right into the show here. So uh, tomorrow night, for those of you coming down to the council meeting, um, it's going to be public hearing mania. <laughs> Lots all, of second readings. All public hearings. Uh, so we've got conditional use permits for short-term rentals. We've got a nursing home. Um, we've got our new regs uh, on short-term rentals. Exciting. Talk about that forever. That one's going to be one that gets discussed. A lot of times at second reading, remember like we said before on the show, um, by the time it gets to second reading, it's pretty well baked. Mm -hmm. So um, you can still show up, be heard. Things can still get voted down, but at this point, they've been thoroughly discussed. So some of these won't have a lot of discussion to them. But I do anticipate that our new short-term rental regulations uh, will generate some discussion. And at this level, they could still be tabled, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, still can get tabled, yeah. rejected, um, sent back. I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. So just because there's a lot of discussion um, doesn't mean that it's, you know, likely to get tabled mm -hmm. you know a lot of times right. people are just for one final time voicing their opinion that they do or don't like something right. before it gets passed or rejected um we've got a few things around derelict property and tax abatement uh some stuff related to bonds that we're issuing to in in the to the tune of 14 million dollars uh, all this was approved in the not yikes these are all good things that we're buying <laughs> i'm just mean yikes that's it just a lot means, of money it's a lot of money yeah it's, i've never seen that much money um so for this this was approved in the budget so if you think this is oh a new thing no when this was all approved as part of the budget uh we're just now kind of getting to the point where we are uh issuing the bonds uh, let's see. We also have um, the other thing that's going to generate a fair amount of discussion tomorrow night. And that is the a development, a proposed development in South Pleasant Valley. Um, a couple of things to remind folks about. Uh, if you think that the roundabout is, you know, attached to this development in a, you know, inextricably linked to this development, that is not actually the case. The roundabout is a concept uh, concept that's in the comp plan the development can go forward without it um so and in it and the development that we're talking about uh is a uh townhouse development we're talking 24 units on four acres uh currently by right they could build uh, i believe it's up to a four-story office building they could also do residential on the site uh, so this rezoning, um, and we are just at the rezoning stage. So mm -hmm. if, if someone's curious, you know, where the benches will be and where the, you know, where the reserved parking spaces will be and where the un visitor parking spaces will be, that is not the level of detail we're at the stage. This is just a rezoning right. uh, to allow for the, 20, the, the townhouse development. 
um, they could by right currently um, just build office buildings, which, you know, to be fair, generate way more traffic uh, than townhouses. So um, good. I'm sure it'll be a good substantive meaty conversation. Uh, We've heard a lot of, we've got a lot of public comment on that one. So I anticipate that some folks are going to show up. And that roundabout idea was a result of a VDOT study, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That and, we did on Pleasant Valley not too long ago. Yeah, and like the comp plan, um, the comp plan is just an aspirational document. Just because right. something, and if you look at our comp plan, you'll see, for example, I think Ward Plaza it shows this redeveloped little, um, you know, mixed-use center with apartments and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. It, yeah, that never happened. Ten years ago, we were we were hoping that something would occur there. Uh, 10 years later, we're still looking at it. Um, it's purely an aspirational document. Um, it doesn't dictate uh, to a, to any level of detail what will happen on a property. Um, let's see. So what else we got? Um, we've got, let's see, so short-term rentals we already talked about. Um, oh, we have a, we're buying our Department of Social Services building. So that's Exciting. on the agenda. Very excited to get that under city ownership so, so we can stop renting. And a few other things that are you know, kind of more procedural in nature. And then, of course, on the consent agenda, uh, we will finally be adopting the strategic plan. <sighs> finally. <laughs> Take a deep breath. It took a, a while <laughs> to get that one to the, to the finish line, and I'm very happy that it is finally done. It took us... Um, a little longer than I would have liked, but it is now done. So if you want to take a look at it, uh, check out the agenda. There's a link in in the agenda. Uh, and then finally, there's something that might look a little cryptic uh, on here. It's Boards and Commissions Review of Effectiveness presented by me. Uh, we have a bit of an issue with our boards and commissions, and that is that they're not really representative um, of the community, really. That's a problem. That's a problem. So, you know, if you look at our planning commission or our parks and rec advisory board or our board of architectural review, um, in some cases, all of the members are from one ward. Uh, in some cases, all but one. And if you look at, for example, those three that just those three I mentioned, there's not one person from Ward Three on any one of those boards. Mm-mm. So we got to fix that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're gonna start a process to look at what we can do to make sure there's um, equitable geographic distribution um, on our boards and commissions to make mm-hmm. sure that the entire community is reflected, and not just one particular small part of the community. So um, that's something we're gonna start undertaking, um, and that's what that agenda item is about. Love that. All righty. Um, okay, let's get right into housing uh, and invite Sean in. Hello, Sean. Sean Hershberger, Development Services Director, uh, here with us now. Uh, Sean, you've been with the city for five years? Four? Uh, four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half years, yes. Four and a half years. And for folks that don't know, what is the Development Services Department? So Development Services is a team approach to planning, zoning, inspections, economic development, Main Street program and tourism. So the idea is essentially to get the regulatory uh, side and the marketing side and development side all working together to make sure that we are the most business friendly community we can be. How's that working out for us? I I, I would say we we get 
you know, there are bumps in the road for any community mm-hmm. and, you know, any community, you're, you're not a locale, you're not a true locality unless you're getting some complaints about the development process. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, what we hear consistently is how quick and easy and really customer customer forward friendly we we are mm-hmm. and, and yeah i agree the uh, the staff in particular you know i i've seen them really work hand in glove with folks trying to get permits uh folks trying to uh you know build or, or develop so we in a fair and balanced way you know obviously we try to make the process as easy yes. and efficient and customer friendly as possible um don't blame us when it hits and when it goes to the planning commission uh, or or the council because that's the point where you know the 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 hard decisions get made. Absolutely. So when I know sometimes when people say the city does this or the city does that, sometimes it's the planning commission, sometimes it's the council, you know, exercising what their authority is. When um, sometimes you know we 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 try to start what we what we say internally is try to start every conversation with a yes. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wants to invest in Winchester, we, we want to start every conversation with a yes mm. and see if we can stay there. Yep. And, you know, sometimes sometimes it's just not possible. Yep. Nobody likes to hear no, and we, we understand that. Yeah. Anybody that's looking to build something here, put money into uh, the city, into our 9.2 square miles. Um, you welcome. Know, we, we welcome it. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, so we just uh, are wrapping up a housing study. Yes, we are. And the it's going to tell us some things that you know I think we suspected, um, yeah. but there's probably going to be a few uh, tidbits in there that you know hopefully we didn't expect. So we learned something out of it. Uh, so what are some of the key takeaways? So come, some of the key takeaways, pretty similar to what you just said. It, it's a lot of what we expected to see. There is, you know, there's a demand. There's a high demand in our market and, and a high need in our market for housing supply, really on all levels. Mm-hmm. If you look at starting at 30% of the area median income and going up to over 120% of the area, area median income, there's a demand at so every level. Translate <coughs> translate that into, uh, you know, stuff for dum-dums like me. If the AMI, 30% of AMI mean... So that it, is... That's that. basically, you're, if you're in that category, you need something affordable. Yes. So right? that is... That that's is the affordable housing realm. 30% of AMI for a two-person household. Mm-hmm. It's 19550 There you go. Uh, 120% uh, AMI for a two-person household is 78240 mm-hmm. Typically, the way programs are uh, structured, you look at the baseline of a four-person household. Mm-hmm. So AMI, 100% AMI is eighty one four. 81,400. Okay. So that same household to be above 120%, it's $97,680 okay. annually. Uh, four person baseline, uh, extremely low, 30% and below income level, 26,500. So from folks with limited means on that kind of uh, the lower end of the scale, there's a demand there. Yes. There's an, And then there's a demand for people of means uh, who yes. want to buy a house as well. So across the board, Everyone wants a house. Everyone, Winchester is a desirable place. Yes, how yes. how severe is the need in those so different levels? The 
the it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting stat. This is where, you know, you you mentioned things that we didn't anticipate or things that maybe we did internally, but I, I don't think the community as a whole would anticipate the gap analysis mm-hmm. on what is available and what is in demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, the biggest gap is for that above one hundred twenty percent. Really, that is by far our biggest gap in demand in supply versus demand. Hmm. Uh, the second biggest gap is below 30. No. Oh. So, and, but that is the demand for units above 120% AMI. Mm-hmm. It surpasses the demand for units under 30% by it's, uh, you know, four times. Oh goodness. So it's a huge gap. And you know, there's, so, Essentially, what is happening in our housing market right now mm. is when the people that are at that rate, above 120, they're mm. not not coming here. They're still coming here. But what they're doing, because there is not the, the, the product on the market to satisfy their desires, mm-hmm. they're buying down. Hmm. So they're buying down into the 100 to 120% AMI range. And that's forcing people in the 100, 120% AMI to buy down to 80 to 100, which is, and and the gap though is so significant on the above 120 that they're buying down not just one to 120, but all the way down to 80 to 100 and sometimes 50 to 80. So all the people that are in that 50 to 80 to 80 to 100, 100 and 120, they're all buying down to 30 to 50. And thirty to fifty, buying down to under. <clears throat> okay, 30. we get it. Good. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's a, a downward pressure. It's a lot of numbers. Too. Sorry. <laughs> so basically, there's a cascade effect. People it is. with a lot of money. Uh, there's not houses for people with a lot of money. <laughs> so in other words, <laughs> they're like buying houses that are uh, more modest than they can afford, and that that just kind of trickles all the way down. Yes. And we're forcing folks um, who need affordable housing into really substandard extremely or in a lot of a lot of cases into the hotel situations the the short the long extended stay hotel uh, situations and really the gap is Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to ignore to to not jump back into numbers uh because that was a lot of numbers but to essentially that cascading effect downward who it is hurting the gap the lack of housing availability for people over 120%, the people that are most impacted negatively by that are the people that are under 30% AMI. Yeah. So the, the, the most vulnerable in the community are ultimately the ones that are, you know, in mm-hmm. this scenario, always going to get the worst side of it. Got it. Got it. So when looking at uh, ages, so workforce, seniors, what are we seeing in those categories? I know a lot of times we talk about affordable senior housing, workforce housing. What what does it say in those areas? So if the gap is and and you know we're I know we're going to talk about things that are on on you know on their way to being developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know as that as those product that product gets brought to be, brought to market, there is, you know, the data suggests there is a sufficient amount once we create some equilibrium in our housing market there is a sufficient how amount of that middle mm-hmm. middle income uh housing 
but right now we're just not we're not generating enough of enough product in the market, not just in Winchester, because mm-hmm. it's not a Winchester problem, but in the entire region, we're not yeah. creating enough product to satisfy that. Mm-hmm. So to your point, because we are in a larger market, you know, we are just Winchester, we're 9.2 square miles. We, we are not being, we're those, those people in that middle group, yeah. they are being left out. And we do have some of our highest demand is from, um, people in the 45 to 64 mm-hmm. age range. Okay. Um, and, but, but we also have a large percentage of people in the uh, over 65 that are owners mm-hmm. currently. Yes. And, and, you know, they're, you know, as they start to age in place or mm-hmm. age into, you know, wanting a, they want to downsize, a downsize, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> downsize, getting into a more appropriate, age in place location mm-hmm. uh that is that that gap for that gap of uh senior housing does get amplified and mm-hmm. it you know it's it's going to be amplified over the next five years okay what kind of magnitude are we talking about could we build 200 300 500 a thousand affordable senior units what, what kind of so we don't yet have the data on exactly how many okay. we could we could absorb, uh, but we do have we it's it, the indication is right now are so right now there is thirty six thirty six percent of households in the mm-hmm. in the community are owner thirty six percent of owner occupied housing uh, is for is is ha- in the hands of people over sixty five. So wow. that's about sixteen hundred, uh, close to seventeen hundred units. Okay. So let's say there's seventeen. You know, we'll, we'll build in some assumptions yeah. here then. So seventeen hundred units. Um, you know, let's assume some folks are going to leave the area uh, or just stay in their home until their time comes. Uh, so let's strike about um, three four hundred mm-hmm. off of it for those factors. We're still looking at about twelve to thirteen hundred. Um, you know, let's say of those folks that would need something affordable, probably would be about what percent? About a half that, of them. That would be, yeah, around half of them. Around fifty percent. Right. So, but then on top of that, you know, you do have to take into account. You know, we we have a static picture of mm-hmm. where we are right now. We're also consistently year in and year out rated as one of the top places in the country to retire. So we, we're awesome. We are. Um, we're awesome for all age ranges, mm-hmm. but but retirees love Winchester and the Winchester market. It's very walkable. It is very walkable. It's very friendly. It's a it's a, a, a moderate climate. It's somewhat, you know, uh, you can reach everything quickly. You can exactly. you can get anywhere from here. So it's you beautiful know, we have here. an influx. It's great. We are wonderful. I hope to I hope to die here one day, no time soon. So so we have an influx of people, so, so we can assume, look static. Let's assume we'll go from seventeen hundred to six hundred mm-hmm. total. Would li- and that's probably a a low estimate. It's probably more. yes. Let's say we've got six hundred folks that would be looking for some type of affordable senior unit mm-hmm. in Winchester, more than what we currently have. So. We're probably talking in Winchester House, uh, for those of you not aware, Win- Winchester House is um, it's a seven-story senior age-restricted affordable senior living facility uh, right here in the downtown walking mall. Um, do you know how many units that has off the top of your head? 
I believe it is 85? 85 units. I believe. So we could build 10 more. Um, wow. Eight, nine or 10 more Winchester houses. And probably not. And still probably right. not meet the need. Right. That's how severe our need for affordable senior housing is. And that doesn't mention all the rest of the housing that we need. Oh, yeah. And we haven't even touched. Yeah, this is the just workforce. One so the, the um, you know, the grandparent raising their grandchild mm-hmm. that needs something a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these, the single parents, you know, all of that is um, part of that bigger picture and we want people to be in winchester you know it, it's i don't whenever i hear that somebody drives 45 minutes in from west virginia to mm. to their work here i mean it makes me sad yeah. we, we also are consistently voted or recognized as a great place for families and a great place to start small businesses right yeah i mean have you seen our schools they're gorgeous yeah <laughs> so great um, educations so for anybody listening to this podcast from outside of town uh, come on in come, come on we might not have a house for you right away but <laughs> soon so let's talk about development um yes. you know we the the process that i think a lot of folks um you know when they think about housing developments they think about their own house well i went you know you get a realtor, you go mm-hmm. look at them. There you go. I want that one. You buy it. Um, a lot of people don't think about, well, at some point, a developer built that house. Mm-hmm. At some point, a developer uh, built all of our houses, um, with the exception of like maybe some of the super old ones, which were built by hand. <laughs> but the vast majority of our houses <laughs> were built by developers. Mm-hmm. So they're part of all of this they are they're part of it and you know we the the job of the city and the planning commission and the council is to make sure that there's good balanced um realistic development Mm -hmm. that meets our needs um and you know is provides us a good healthy tax base so we have a few projects coming down the pipe that you know god willing knock on wood uh, will lend to more housing. Name a few. Tell us about some of the some of them. So they're just thinking about uh, you know things that have already gained approval. Mm-hmm. You know, the gone through the process of you know going through planning commission and then going to council and getting approval to do the concept that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is uh, a phase two of Meadow Branch Apartments. That that was uh, Meadow Ranch Apartments was finished. Construction on that on phase one was finished, I believe, in 2018. Sounds mm-hmm. about right. And that one, by all accounts, was basically pre-leased before before it was uh, even finished. Mm-hmm. Um, similar situation with like the Jubal Lofts, mm-hmm. uh, large pre-lease percentage. So phase two of of uh, Meadow Branch mm-hmm. that is uh, slated to hopefully begin construction if not uh, before the end of this year, uh, early 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, The local, a 200 unit uh, apartment building with uh, structured parking attached uh, that is located on Spring Street, Mm -hmm. if you know, orienting people to where Spring Street is, if you know where like the Planet Fitness Mm -hmm. uh, and Dick's Sporting Goods, it's it's in the vacant lot right next to that. That is primarily going to be focused, uh, you know, marketed towards Shenandoah University students, Mm -hmm. which, you know, they have, you know, I'm sure we could do 
an entire podcast on just student housing needs yeah. and the impact that student housing yeah. has when it grows out into the neighborhoods. Um, but it's not just for them. It's not just for them. Right. Correct. <clears throat> but and it's not owned by the university. No, it's, it's not. not. It's, it's privately pay, owned. They pay us taxes. Yes, they will be. So I'm cool with that. Probably a lot of, yes. lot of taxes. <laughs> a lot of taxes. Great. Uh, and generate a lot of usage taxes once yeah, it's filled up. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to that, there is the, the old hospital mm-hmm. in, in downtown uh, off of Cork Street. Mm-hmm. That has approval for a, a pretty significant expansion and around 300 uh, residential units. Those are that's a class A facility uh, targeting retirees, uh, active adults with some memory care uh, units inside of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, same group that did that has also got approval for uh, about 360 units uh, where the old Frederick County Middle School is. Oh, yeah. That is uh, about 180 of those units are active adult, uh, not no nursing facility involved. Now, when you say active, active adult. adult, active adult, uh, healthy is, new buzzword. Uh, yes, it is. It's over 55, there over 65 people that, you know, they are those empty nesters that are, you know, a Got lot it. of what we're seeing right now is people leaving Northern Virginia, yeah. people leaving, you know, other it's large not quite urban senior centers. senior housing. Correct. But it is age restricted. Yes. Yeah. It's it's almost like, you know, people have raised their kids. They're still, mm-hmm. so a lot of them are still active in the workforce, but they are able, they have the flexibility. And mm-hmm. this is a great place to come when you have that flexibility. Yep. You want to give up so, all that maintenance. Yep. Yes. And then the other half of that of that development uh, that's been approved is townhomes and two over two townhomes. Mm. So these will be for sale. Uh, the ideal uh, market for those units are people that uh, are working at the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, young professionals that have entered really any career, but just the proximity to the hospital. It's a natural, there's some natural flow over there. Um about the ones behind Corals Elementary are those are those finished those townhouses they I a lot of those are finished I'm not sure if they've had complete build out but okay. they're at least in like the 60 to 80 percent complete build out mm-hmm. and those are all owner occupied they they have uh, been pretty success- successful and if you go up there it is a it's adorable it is mm-hmm. it's a really <laughs> small townhouses yeah <laughs> Uh, then in addition to that, there are some small one-offs, uh, kind of like 30, 40, 50 mm-hmm. unit developments that are, one was approved off of, uh, right off of Jubilee Drive uh, for 30 units. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's in close proximity to the uh, loft, loft project that was there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, back on Tevis Street uh, in Tevis Hope Drive area, the, there is a, I believe, 40 townhouse unit project mm-hmm. that's going up right now uh then just here in the downtown and uh, we this made news uh this week we are we've inched ever so close to uh final you know sale of the winchester towers lot mm-hmm. for uh, 174 unit development that would span from piccadilly street to baker street mm-hmm. that still has some approvals to go through but we're we're pretty excited about that yep. a block away uh, is the uh, Piccadilly Corners mm. project. And, and that, okay. it, 
the Cameron Square project, the one you were just yes. talking about, that's 20% affordable? It would be, yes. So that's going to be mixed income. So and also, you know, thank you for bringing that up because the uh, the the local, mm-hmm. the local I mentioned is 200 plus uh, units with the structured parking on Spring Street. Mm-hmm. That also will have that 20% of their units will be carved out for people at or below 80% area median income. There you go. So it's, it, it's serving the need both for the... 100 to 120, 120 and above, but also that that middle ground as well. Exactly. So, okay. And then uh, the townhouses over by the police department. Yes, those are that the Piccadilly. Thank you. Um, to finish that one, that's about 16 units that the site plan is being drawn up right now. We are we're hopeful to see that under construction around March of next year. Okay. Great. It's a lot of. So long story it's a short, a lot of building. <laughs> that is a lot of building, um, which is great. We yes. need it. Uh, so. Long story short, we need housing in all segments. Yes. We have some in the pipeline. We could use more. <laughs> One of the more severe areas of need is affordable senior housing and folks that are of that 30% AMI mm-hmm. range. Um, but we can't forget that there are also people with means who want to buy bigger houses. And having a few more of those luxury apartments, condos, having some of those is not a bad thing either because, hey, it's more property tax for the city and better services. So we need it. We need a mix and we need all of the above. Makes a healthy community. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it is the the study could the conclusion of the study could just be build all the housing. Yeah, it it is. uh, (laughs) As much as you can get. There is the demand is. so intense right now and you know we could sorry i'll try not to Mm -hmm. dive down too much of a rabbit hole on this but it is you know people talk about uh ownership Mm -hmm. and there's a strong desire to see more ownership in the market Mm -hmm. however the without adequate rental properties being created what we're seeing in real time Mm -hmm. and the data backs this up is the lack of three bedroom rentals mm-hmm. is causing uh, causing the environment where people are coming in and buying single family dwellings that mm-hmm. used to be owner occupied, yep. putting a little work into them and then renting them. Yep. And so we're, we're seeing, you know, we're already at a, in a position where fi- 56% of our housing stock is rental. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever we see large projects come on, come, come up for approval that are, well, these are, uh, these are all rentals. There's, yep. there's 200 more rental units. And I know that causes some some anxiety, mm-hmm. but if we don't provide what the market's demanding, what yep. we're going to see is our existing neighborhoods more Turn have into more rentals. of a pressure to exactly. go into, in the rental direction. Exactly. And so it's a complicated issue, mm-hmm. and it every, th- every action mm. has consequences. Yeah. So, um, and, and then one last thing, because we get this question all the time. Yes. Uh, people will point out an empty lot and say, well, why can't you just do put it there as opposed to my neighborhood? Or build it over there on that. The city actually owns relatively little yes. property. Um, and yes. we can't make people build what we want in certain places. They still have private property rights. Yeah. Uh, we can control the zoning. Yeah. And that determines in general what's going to be built. But if by right they can build apartments, we can't say... Um, we didn't want that there. We, yes. You, oh, <laughs> you um, can't build apartments. You have to build a grocery store. Right. Now we can't. Uh, we can't make 
the private sector build just what we want them to build just because yes. of it. Um, you said the G word. Hmm? You said the G word. Grocery store. <laughs> Grocery store. Yeah. We'll be we talking, talking about housing. Yeah, well. <laughs> rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. It's all of those things. Um, so, so, but to your point, you know, people, it, it's the one thing I like to mention to people mm-hmm. when they talk about, well, you know, why don't, why don't you, why don't you all do something, you know, a, a tip, a common one is word plaza. Oh, word of federal mogul. Federal mogul. Well, it, another it's, one. You know, you, you hit it perfectly when you mention personal property rights mm-hmm. and you know, the, the response to well, would you, would you approve of us coming and telling you mm-hmm. what you should do with your property? Yeah. The reality is the people that own those properties, uh, they, they have, you know, they have, the same Ob- rights that you know any any homeowner yes. does, uh, and they have obligations to the community. Yep. And you know, if they're not fulfilling those obligations, we we let them know. But as long as they are fulfilling those obligations, you know, there's um, that that's mm-hmm. that it's their it's their property. Yeah, it's their it's the, and they have the right to do with it what they're what they want. But it's not like you haven't suggested. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> we suggest the law multiple strongly times. <laughs> but no, to, and also to your point, uh, the the. Dollars and cents play a big part mm-hmm. in in all of yeah. the conversations. So if if what you want is affordable housing, mm-hmm. saying you know, well, why don't you do it there? You know, there's a whole value yeah. ca- dollars and cents calculation that goes into every development yep. project, and sometimes the cost of acquisition just eliminate the ability for affordability. Yep. So if I, so, when someone says put that affordable housing project on that property. That's not going to, we just can't make that occur. That we is can, correct. We can put some things in place. We also can't make it work there, like as Sean was saying. Yeah. Well, and that's the fine, that's the fine. We can put things in place to say that, you know, uh, any development over a certain number of units has to be affordable. Like we can put some minimums in. However, if we said, well, you know what? 50% of all new developments over a certain size have to be affordable. Nothing will get built. No. Yes, it would we, just not. It would just not happen because there would be zero development. There would be zero development because the property owners and the the builders themselves would look at it and say, "Well, I can't make money doing that," and we don't begrudge anybody making a buck, but it has to be realistic. Like yeah. we we have to, in essence, um, nurture the private sector to build the housing stock we need because the city does not build housing. So, anyways. And I hope we don't. (laughs) Definitely not. Um, Okay. Well, this has been interesting. I hope it's been interesting for everybody that that listened to us uh, talk about housing. Um, And in in this week, we actually, we have some pretty significant, uh, as we talked about uh, earlier, we've got some significant things in front of council. If somebody wants to get involved and wants to pay attention to what's going on with development in the city, uh, I encourage you to check out the city's website and uh, look at when the planning commission meetings are, when the city council meetings are, when our planning and economic development committee of the council is held. In the EDA. In the EDA. Mm -hmm. uh, All of those things and more uh, really help guide the process. So uh, get involved. If you've got, you know, a big empty parcel of land in your backyard (laughs) and you just think that it's a a free private park, um, it might be owned by someone that wants to build on it one day. So look it up, figure it out, uh, you know, get involved. And you also have to check these things, these resources you talked about often, because if it's anything like public services, you start talking about it years ago. Mm-hmm. 
and it may take five years or more oh, yeah. before something happens. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty it's it's always kind of a, an entertaining cycle to go through when something big comes about and you hear the well, this is happening so fast like no it's actually been happening <laughs> for months <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. years in some yes. cases yeah closing Tevis <laughs> that's five years in five the years. making yes. yes with but you know the best thing you know you as residents can do is just be involved be informed check out the city website I know it's not always the most exciting stuff um, but you know it it's a good way to keep from being surprised. Yep. All right. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you. All right. That was Sean uh, Hirschberger. It sure was. I don't, um, you know, Sean oversees uh, a lot of a lot of stuff here in the city. Mm-hmm. He mentioned planning. Uh, it also includes zoning, code enforcement, um, you know, the economic development piece a pretty pretty big job so just by itself just by itself so if and if you look at our strategic plan i think half the items in there are tagged to that department so always it's a big job uh, a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff to do uh and um, it's very knowledgeable about it all though yeah yeah so if you know if you're a resident and you're kind of wondering what is the development services department definitely encourage you to go to the website and uh, learn a little bit more absolutely all right, Amy, what else we got going on? Okay, well, it's it's fall, which means there's a lot of things going on now. Is it technically fall? Well, I don't know if it's... When does the solstice that marks the <laughs> beginning of fall happen? You are asking the wrong person. <laughs> isn't there a solstice involved at some point that makes it fall? Sure. An equinox of some sort? <laughs> I don't know. I just no. know that it's not so hot, and that means fall's coming. You'd be a very bad weather person. Very bad meteorologist, yes. <laughs> But um, speaking of natural things that we I can't really control, the bloom, and I don't mean Shandoab Blossom Festival, which is also <laughs> we, called. We can't control that either. We can't so. control that either. But <laughs> we there, love Brad Veach, but we cannot control the Apple Blossom Festival. No, but um, it's also called the bloom. But I am talking mm-hmm. about the algae bloom. Oh was, yeah, that was in the North Fork. It was what a non-event. Yeah, it was in the North Fork of the Shandoab River. It has now dissipated, and we are out of the. Our water's fine. Long story short, don't worry about it. Yeah, even when it was in its peak, we we didn't have any toxins in our water. Yeah, we did not have any toxins. We were able to manage that just We took all of the right precautions, so no sweat. But if you want more information about what that is, we have it on our website under latest news. So um, the roll-off carts, another big news. There you go. They are almost all delivered. Yes, I got mine. Yay. Very excited. Just a little tiny portion of the city has not gotten theirs yet, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's coming. Very soon. And uh, they will be starting the size swaps for those who... um, So for those of you who thought 95 gallons, that's... Too much. That's exactly what I need. (laughs) I'm a single person living at my house. Uh Um, Maybe the 35 gallon. Because I hear a lot of... One of the frequent uh, issues of concern that I hear from people is... It's way too big. And (laughs) how how do... I can't lift this thing. Well, first off, it's on wheels. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the 35-gallon one, which is so pre- tiny, pretty much the same. I wouldn't say it's so tiny. It's the average size of a trash can. If you go to Lowe's or Home Depot and buy a trash can, you're probably going to get the 30, a 35-gallon can, maybe a 65. Sitting next to the 95, though, it looks like a little tiny baby one. Yes, it looks like a baby <laughs> one. But it's the it, that is the one that mm-hmm. I think most people should probably go with that not a family yeah if you're not exactly me family of four 
65 gallons, like nine. And even that's probably a little more than we need. Mm -hmm. Um, so happy to have the cans out, put your trash in the trash can. I know a lot of folks, you know, they've gotten used to just, um, you know, taking their bag out and dumping it on the side of the road. This We're is not doing much that. more friendly. This is well. This is safer. Safer for our employees. It reduces litter. Uh, you know, all animals tearing them open. Like, put your trash in the can. It's better for everybody, and yeah. it looks so much better. So, uh, I'm very excited to get these out there. Yes. Well, they're almost done. But uh, for those who have nicer cans that they had maybe purchased or taken yep. care of along the way, and you don't want to just throw that away, you can reuse it at, mm-hmm. for the yard waste or yep. recycling collection, turn it into a rain barrel or a composting bin, possibly. Uh, I talked to our engineer. She thinks it's possible. <laughs> but anyway, um, on October 5th, so mark that calendar on your calendar, uh, the crews will be collecting unwanted cans in mm-hmm. still good condition. Yep. And they're going to take them to city yards and have them there for anybody to come pick up if there's somebody out there who wants a can for a different yep. purpose. It's like a take it. Leave a can, take a can right. program. Right, there you go. Same thing. So if you don't have an extra can, but you want it for something else, yeah. uh, we're going to have those at City Yards right after the 5th. Yep. But if you have a can you want to donate, set it out on your curb, and yep. we will pick it up. I, I use one for yard waste, and the other one is now kind of my utility area can. Like a wheelbarrow. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thrilled to have the, uh, the new ones in place. Okay, so if you need that extra cart... Uh, October 6th between, or starting October 6th between 7.30 a.m. 3.30 p.m., you can stop by City Yards and pick up the one you need. And so, let's see, uh, but if you don't want, if you have one that's damaged and it's just not worth donating, you can set that out by the curb, mm-hmm. empty, please, yeah. uh, with your trash roll-off cart, and we will pick it up and throw it away. But just tell us that you that's what you want to do with it. Yeah, you got to put a, put a, put a note, note on, on it. it, put a sticker on it, just saying, please take. Yes. Okay, um, Parks and Rec, they want to know public feedback on the dog park. They want to know oh, yeah. if people are using it, and if not, why? Mm-hmm. Or um, there's a couple of just tiny little questions on there. Yeah. Should take totally two minutes. But uh, they just want to know how it is, uh, how people are using it, so they will know what to do in the future. They're mm-hmm. trying to determine if it needs to stay free or if it needs to return to a membership type of mm-hmm. use. And they just want to gauge some um, community feedback on that. So please submit your feedback by October 7th. And the uh, link to that survey is on the dog park webpage. Uh, let's see. A little annual photo contest is going on now mm-hmm. for our annual calendar. Our very popular calendar that we yes, send out. It is very popular. Most uh, every year but last year, we have accepted uh, photos from the community and yeah. used those. And so... Uh, Why didn't we do it last year? Uh, COVID. And with the budget cuts, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it. Oh, okay. So I didn't yeah. do the contest and have to say, okay, sorry, we're not doing it. Yeah, that would have been a bummer. So I just used ones we had. Well, thankfully, uh, you know, Mary Blow, who's a huge supporter of the calendar, uh, found the money in the budget to Absolutely. make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah, she's a, a rabid advocate for that calendar i couldn't so. imagine all the pe- phone calls i would have received if we hadn't done that because oh it, absolutely it is a very probably all, most of them from mary I think, <laughs> I think. you're silly um okay so anyway the deadline for the photo contest is november 11 november 1st mm-hmm. and uh on my on my page communications webpage, there's more details for that um then can May- staff enter can i take go can i go take pictures and send them sure okay. you live in the city well you don't have to live in the city to participate you should oh wait a minute we would accept pictures from outside of the community. I no. think if you want your picture in our calendar, you need to be a city resident. 
um, it's never been that way. It is now. It, but it has to be taken inside the city limits, though. I'm not putting Frederick County pictures in there. I'm just... Well, of course. Anybody could come into the city and take a picture and submit it. It's okay. I don't know how I feel about that. It'll be okay. Uh, The mayor uh, Mm -hmm. has now accepting nominations for his Excellence Award. So he's looking for um, nominations to recognize individuals, groups, organizations, or businesses that have gone above and beyond to benefit the community or do something nice for others. Mm -hmm. And so uh, October 31st is the nomination deadline for that. And that's on his webpage. Cool. And last but not least, it may be a little early to be talking about Halloween. (laughs) <laughs> However, yes. we get a lot of calls and we are already getting them. Yes. The city of Winchester does not dictate when trick-or-treating happens. Look in your calendar. There's a date in October. It's October 31st, right? It says Halloween, yes. It says Halloween. Uh-huh. We don't make that up. We <laughs> That is not something that we set. No. We do not. You know, at the beginning of the year, the council and I don't sit down and say, you know what? Let's make Halloween in September this year. No, it's on October 31st every year. And even if it's on a Sunday. Yes. Trick-or-treating Which I think it day. is this year. Right? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I think October 31st is a Sunday. But it's not up to us to decide when trick-or-treating yeah. happens. We leave that to the individual neighborhoods to decide. Exactly. Now, if there was a significant storm event or something, and that it, it might happen. No. We, even then. That happened we might, we might. Maybe at most it is. It's a Sunday. We might at most put out something telling folks to be careful. Recommend maybe we might recommend. Yeah. Hey, pick another day or for safety <clears throat> uh, reasons. But but it's we will not same. tell you you can't. Exactly. We're not. The, the police aren't rolling around, <laughs> rounding up rogue trick or treaters because right. you went in a certain time. Trick or treat whenever you want. Just be respectful. Right. Don't egg people's houses. <laughs> About. Well, we don't. We shouldn't. That's that's the trick part Is of it? trick or treat. Oh, okay. I never did that. Because, of well, course not. <laughs> of course not. Because you've never done anything bad in your entire life. Funny. But no, we uh, we don't determine. Just like no. Thanksgiving, it's yeah. not like suddenly. You know what? Thanksgiving is going to be on Friday this year. It, it Halloween is a set date. And that's usually when people trick or treat. Yep. And a few years ago, there was a major storm coming through on mm-hmm. Halloween, and several people uh, vocalized their. Uh, they were upset that the city did not cancel trick or treating. <laughs> well, for one, we didn't set trick or treating. Yeah. So we're not going to cancel it. But anyway, um, it is a private activity yeah. that you do. We you love want. it. <laughs> if you want to do it, do mm-hmm. it. If you don't, don't do it. Well, I think we made a mistake a few years ago. We get so many phone calls about it that the police department said, well, you know what? We'll just recommend mm-hmm. a safe time. Yeah. That the community could possibly do it if they wanted to. So we, the police department recommended you do it from this date during this time frame to get the kids home yeah. safely. Be a good parent. Don't have your kids out at 2 a.m. <laughs> hustling for candy. Yeah. That's, that seems like common sense to me. But, but we stopped doing that. So um, maybe we set some kind of strange precedence. But um, anyway, we're not going to set a time for trick-or-treating, so just remember that. Yeah. So that's it. There you go. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Done ranting about Halloween. <laughs> Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, this is, uh, always an enjoyable part of my week. Uh, thank you, Amy. And, uh, thank you to Caitlin who always edits this uh, to make Amy look good and me look bad. And she made that beautiful strategic plan booklet. Yes. And thanks for that, uh, strat plan. Thank you, Caitlin. All right. Uh, take care, everybody. We'll see you around city hall.